You're ready for a comeback. And with Purdue Global, you can do more than take classes. You can take charge of your story, of your career, of your life. Earn a degree you can be proud of and get an education employer's respect. It's time, your time, not just to go back to school, but to come back and move forward with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback at purdueglobal.edu. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. Stay connected and never miss a beat with AT&T. Our reliable network covers more roads than any other carrier, ensuring you're always in the loop. Whether it's tournament upsets, buzzer beaters, or social media buzz, stay up to date. Don't let the action pass you by. Check if you're eligible for a free trial of in-car Wi-Fi at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. And keep the madness going. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. Close to the Chest with Kristen and Christine is brought to you by iHeartRadio. My name is Kristen Nobles and today is October 20th, 2021. This week's episode is ironically about the road to explant, and I am only 20 days post-explant. But the road to get here took me 23 years. And during that roller coaster of a journey, I experienced so much and have permanent emotional, physical, and financial scars that I'll bear with me for the rest of my life. And three years ago, I actually hit a fork in that road and chose the wrong treatment. And I got sicker. So 20 days ago, when they wheeled me into that hospital room to do the surgery, I was petrified. There were no doctors that could guarantee I would get better. There was no definitive outcome, but I knew things couldn't get worse. So I took the leap of faith and I did the explant. And I must say, it's the best thing I ever did. And I really hope that the road to explant becomes a highway full of women surviving and thriving. And that even though it's a roller coaster to get here, eventually we'll have directions so people can navigate it. But for me, the road to explant with hell but getting through it was the best thing I ever did. Christine, this week's episode is The Road to Explant. This is such an important episode. I've spoken to so many people and find that for everyone. This is a very difficult journey that's tough to navigate given doctors are just starting to recognize BII as its own illness. And we're just finding out how to diagnose and treat it. I know, it seems that there are so many conflicting opinions. And with doctors out there still saying BII is not real, it can also be full of dead ends and wrong turns that can literally cost women their lives, as we've learned. Exactly, and last for years. And for many of us, costing us valuable time, money, and hope along the way. I know I saw a lot of doctors and got a range of opinions and diagnosis and treatment recommendations, which were all over the place. And I'm learning this is common in an issue many women see where they meet several doctors before they find the right one who will eventually diagnose them and refer them to someone that will treat them. Well, just in listening to you and from my relatively short experience joining you on your journey, 
there doesn't seem to be a test to diagnose BII. And for many women, it takes a leap of faith that explanting will help with all their symptoms. Doctors can't guarantee that their patients will get better or even recover. True. And once they do decide to take that leap of faith, there's still so much to figure out. I recall going through all the different terms, treatments being recommended, and being so overwhelmed when I Googled them. And as we know, I've done this twice now, and neither time was it easy. However, I did find that there are a lot of amazing experts, survivors, and explant liaisons out there dedicating their time to make sure that women know what to expect when explanting and sharing information in real time so we know what's working. Well, Kristen, so who do we get to learn from today? Well, our first guest is Dr. Tony Yoon. He is someone I follow online because he is hysterically funny and passionate. His videos debunking urban myths about plastic surgery are what actually caught my attention. His posts are honest and brave, yet so funny, and he refers to himself as the holistic plastic surgeon. So I hope he can give us the whole truth as he knows it right now in his practice about BII and the diagnostic and treatment process he uses. Well, let's hear from Dr. Tony Yoon and what he has to say about BII and what he thinks women can expect when explanting. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, stay connected wherever you go and transform your vehicle into a dependable Wi-Fi hotspot. Powering applications like real-time GPS and voice assistant, navigation becomes a breeze. Even on the practice field, AT&T in-car Wi-Fi keeps you connected while in proximity of your vehicle. Work, stream shows, or finish homework without missing a beat. See if you're eligible for a free trial at att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi. Don't let connectivity be a roadblock in your journey. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't get distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness, kick back and spread some positivity into the world from smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports on stages and at the box office. Women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to women take the mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. I want to thank Dr. Yoon for joining Christine and I on Close to the Chest. Dr. Yoon is a board-certified plastic surgeon and known as America's holistic plastic surgeon. So coming into this, what is a holistic plastic surgeon? Good question. I went through all the typical training to become a plastic surgeon. I did four years of medical school. I did a three-year general surgery residency. I did two years of plastic surgery residency. I did a year of fellowship out in Beverly Hills with a top-name plastic surgeon out there. 
And after hitting what I felt was the pinnacle of success, I kind of realized that the that what we learn in surgery is not necessarily the right way to go. So in surgery, the idea is, is that the bigger the operation, the more successful you are. So when we're in training, we hope to get up to those upper levels where we can do the bigger operations, you know, the, the six to eight hour surgeries. And in plastic surgery, you kind of look at it in similar ways as well, is that the doctors who are, who've really hit the pinnacle of their success as plastic surgeons are doing facelifts. They're doing, um, you know, big tummy tucks and, and rhinoplasty and stuff. The idea that I was always taught and I always believed for a long time that the goal is to get somebody into the operating room and do the biggest operation that you can is actually false. It should be the opposite. The goal should be to keep them out of the operating room and to only operate when it's absolutely necessary. And so the idea behind holistic plastic surgery is that there's so many things that we can do to look and feel our best. And we should really go after those things first using plastic surgery, going under the knife as an actual last resort. So on that note, I would love to kind of jump in into why we invited you here today. You know, you looking at surgery as an entire process, close to the chest is about an issue called breast implant illness. And as a surgeon with this approach, I was wondering if you had actually treated any women who are currently going through BII. Yeah, this is something that I see in my practice all the time. The difficult thing with BII, the most difficult part of it is diagnosing it. It'd be great if there was some type of a blood test uh, or a list of symptoms that only BII patients have, but that therein lies a challenge. But I do see BII patients every week in my practice. Well, and that's such an incredible thing for you to say, because I think as a doctor and what I'm learning as a patient, it's so much about education with this illness and information being shared. Have you noticed any common group of symptoms in the patients you're seeing? The problem with BII is that the there is a list of over 40 symptoms that you can find online. And all of these symptoms can be attributed to other types of illnesses. I mean, in general, it is a plethora of autoimmune types of symptoms. Um, so there isn't necessarily a, um, uh, a through line that kind of goes through all of these that every, you know, everybody with BII has these symptoms. The only thing that everybody with BII has our breast implants. Right. And it's the symptoms that can definitely vary. Uh, and the challenge sometimes too is that, you know, I have had women who come to see me for breast implants, new patients, never had implants before. And in all of my consultations now, I do go over BII with them and the potential risk of it. And I list some of these symptoms, you know, brain fog, uh, rashes, muscle aches, joint pain. And I had, I've had numerous patients stop me and say, Dr. Yoon, I have BII. And I tell them, well, wait a minute, you don't have breast implants. And they go, I know, but I have all these symptoms already. Um, so that's, therein lies the challenge. You know, these are symptoms that are related to other types of illnesses too. Uh, and so, you know, usually the issue with BII is it's what we call a diagnosis of exclusion. When everything else uh, comes back, quote unquote, normal, right. but you know you're not normal, you know there's something wrong, then that's when we really seriously start looking at BII as being a possible diagnosis. Can you tell listeners how BII is currently classified? It really isn't. That's the thing, is that BII does not have an ICD-10 code. Uh, and that's why if you have BII, insurance isn't going to pay for it because it's not a, a, um, uh, a, a widely established diagnosis. You know, it really, BII is more of a common term started um, amongst patients and now has taken on a life of its own. 
I, I think for good reason. I know a lot of women I've talked to and I've watched some of your amazing videos and what you said earlier is that, you know, diet, nutrition, et cetera. What would you recommend a woman getting ready to explant do just to prepare her body for that type of a procedure? Yeah, I mean, there are a number of things that you can do. Most of these are basically general things that are going to be good for your health. You know, in medicine, we always talk about stopping smoking prior to surgery. Well, that's going to be for more healing types of issues. You know, so you don't get infection, you don't get tissue that uh, becomes necrotic that dies. Eating a balanced diet, you know, increasing the amount of fruits and vegetables that you eat. Uh, also eating good, healthy meats. Myself, I have a uh, supplement protocol that I give to all of my pre and post-op major surgery patients. Uh, and this includes uh, protein powders, it includes probiotic because inevitably they're going to be on antibiotic. Uh, it includes some anti-inflammatory uh, substances as well, antioxidants. Uh, and so all of my patients are put on that prior to surgery and then afterwards as well. The challenge is, is there are people who do have their own quote-unquote natural healing protocols with BII. This is not something that I have researched. I don't have a lot of experience with those because once again, I put my, own, my patients on uh, this supplement protocol, which I do feel helps. But I think with BII, the challenge is, is that it has become an area where some people have taken it upon themselves to extract money out of the situation in patients who are desperate for answers and they prey on BII patients with sometimes unproven modalities and even surgeries uh, that I believe may be excessive. Uh, and therein lies the challenge. You know, I think with BII, there are extremes on both ends. You know, there are those people who say all breast implants are poison. If you're going to get implants, you know, you're going to be sick for the rest of your life and you should do, you know, these different cleanses and this and that. And then on the flip side, there are doctors who will say that BII is a psychological condition and that it's all psychosomatic and there's no reality to it. And I think like most things in life, the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. And that's kind of how I feel about it. What I find amazing is that I feel like we're very early in this journey of researching implants in BII. And so I think going forward as patients, a lot of, like you said, social media is blown up. Women are sharing their stories and people are really starting to research this, which I think is super exciting because the other thing I've heard is that a lot of women like us, we aren't pro anti-implant. We're pro reconstruction and pro innovation. So have you seen any cool innovative ways like you talked about earlier for women to do enhancement in a more quote natural way or a safer way that you recommend? Not necessarily. And therein lies the challenge. Um, you know, the other option that women have is injections of fat uh, into the breasts. You know, and what can be more can be more natural than taking your own fat from, let's say, your thighs or your tummy, purifying that fat and then injecting it into another part of the body where your body will keep some of it by creating new blood supply to that tissue. And now it's your, it's basically been transplanted into a different part of your body. So the idea itself of, hey, instead of doing an implant, why not enhance your breast with your own tissue makes a lot of sense on the surface. And there's a lot of doctors who are doing that. You can do it, I think, safely for reconstruction. A lot of doctors are doing it after women have mastectomies, so their breast tissue is removed. And they use fat sometimes to soften the tissue around an implant and things like that. The problem with fat that I have is that we have learned many years ago that our fat is chock full of stem cells. Uh, stem cells are basically cells that are the most youngest cells in our body. And the idea is that if you put those cells into a, a body part, 
then those cells will then turn into the cells of that body part. And that's the whole idea of using it for cancer reconstruction and, and things like that. So what happens if you take a, an organ uh, that one in nine women will develop breast cancer, okay, will develop cancer in that organ at some point in their lifetime. So, and you have that organ and you then infuse a bunch of stem cells kind of haphazardly all throughout that organ. Is there any chance that you may be infusing fat, chock full of stem cells around maybe an early precancerous area? And what happens to those cells? Are you, those stem cells gonna potentially cause what would be a cancer to show up 10 years earlier than maybe it would otherwise? Those are questions that, that haven't really been answered. Does that make sense? It totally makes sense. Actually, when I first heard it, I thought I was getting, as my dad would say, a twofer, <laughs> a smaller waist and butt and bigger boobs. Yeah, yeah, there you go. But then the doctor said there were some things to consider. And sometimes, unfortunately, it's a trade-off. You know, I get women who we take their implants out. I mean, really what it comes down to is women who truly have BII, who are having issues, um, a lot of them are okay with the fact that you take the implants out and the breasts aren't going to look like they did before. But they feel so much better. And, and they think a lot of them, you know, that's, that's a trade-off for them. Um, but really, you know, what, what is an appropriate trade-off for, for going from feeling sick to feeling quote-unquote normal and vibrant, you know, and healthy? Therein lies the challenge. You know, I, I think when, with plastic surgery, you know, we, look, we can look at fat injections to the breast and say this is a very safe operation in that the risk of complications is very low from infection and bleeding and that type of thing. And same with breast implants, you know, the, you know, the, it is a, a surgery that has over 95% satisfaction rate. I do a lot of breast implant surgeries. Um, and the complication rate, well, it has its own complications with capsular contracture, uh, implant displacement and stuff like that. And as surgeons, we tend to really focus on those types of complications, not the other ones where you say, well, what happens theoretically down the line 20 years from now, if you've had all this fat injected into your breasts, any chance you might have a higher risk of breast cancer? You know, those aren't necessarily the questions that are being answered and, and are being talked about at our conferences. It's more like, okay, how much, what percentage of the fat will stay? Is there a risk of infection? We're looking at more shorter term types of things. And I do think that there is a discussion that should be made about longer term consequences of some of these operations. You know, and it's the same thing with fat into the buttocks. You know, that's a huge thing right now. And people are putting a liter of fat into each butt cheek. And yeah, maybe it looks good when you're in your 20s, but what about when you're in your 40s? And the skin isn't quite as, as uh, uh, elastic as before and not quite as taut. How's it going to look then? Well, you know, we don't really think about that, but we know that it's safe, you know, in general, you know, from immediate complications. Are you personally doing more explants than you used to? I am. And I think that it's because, you know, I don't advertise uh, explant surgery. There are doctors out there who I really have a problem with where they're, they look at BII as a marketing and business opportunity. And it disgusts me because there are doctors out there who will advertise themselves as specialists for BII. Uh, you know, if you're a board certified cosmetic plastic surgeon like myself, you know, these are bread and butter opportunities operations. You know, we all know how to do these operations. And so I think to put yourself out there as saying, I'm an expert at doing this, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And to me, it reeks of opportunism and trying to take a situation where a person is sick, they're desperate potentially, and now, oh, look, this person advertises that they're the best at doing this. They must be. 
the issue that I have with treatment with BII, there is no treatment that we know works the best. Okay, and so there really are three ways that you can treat BII. You can just remove the implant. You can remove the implant and remove the capsule called a total capsulectomy. Or you can remove the implant and the capsule all as one big piece called unblock. And uh, I'm sure you've read and heard a lot about that. Uh, the problem that I have is that none of these have really been tested in studies to show which one works better than the other. But there are doctors out there who will say, that you need to do unblock, and I'm an unblock specialist at doing this, so you must come to me. And they charge a ton of money, scaring people into thinking that this is what you need to do. So that's where it becomes really difficult. And, and BI, for BI patients, it can get kind of confusing. Well, it's very confusing. There's not real hard research yet. So how far do you think we are from, like you said, people are starting, but what is it going to take and who does it take to get this to a place where we understand it better? What it necessitates is unfortunately, hundreds, if not thousands of women who've had diagnosis of BII, and then you compare women who have just their implants taken out to implants to patients who had their implants and a capsulectomy to patients who had unblock, and you see what percentage of those women recover. Do you get a better recovery from, with one group than the other? Does the recovery all the same, you know, from all these different things. So I'll tell you, in my practice, what I'm doing for my BII patients is I remove the implants and I do a capsulectomy, meaning I remove all the scar tissue. And often I can do that in a small incision that's maybe an inch and a half or two inches long. But I have patients who will come to see me and say, well, everybody online says, and this doctor says, I need to do an on block, meaning you have to remove everything all in one big piece, otherwise I'm not gonna get better. Well, then I would, to do that, I would have to extend my incision from about uh, two inches long to about five inches long. It actually makes the surgery much easier for me because it's much harder to do surgery through a small little hole than through a huge, you know, massive uh, incision. But I don't feel it's the right thing for my patients because there's no science to show that doing an unblock is gonna make them better. But there are a lot of doctors out there and there are a lot of BII um, advocates who are telling patients, you must do an unblock, otherwise you're not gonna get better. And there just is no science to show that. And therein lies, I think, you know, some of the concern that I have. So these are the studies that need to be done. But unfortunately, the treatments are happening before the studies are being done. And therein lies the challenge here. And what I find interesting, and is my final question for you, and I guess the overshare of the day. So I had all of those tests done. I was fine. We obviously know now I'm not because of the other biopsies. But then recently, I went into something called a thyroid storm and was diagnosed with Graves' disease. So I wondered if, in your opinion, which I know it's an opinion at this point, do you believe that, you know, if you have BII or you have an underlying issue, have you seen people have endocrine problems with implants that they didn't have prior, but their original tests were fine? I have not seen or heard much of that. But at the same time, you know, the numbers that I see are not going to be potentially enough for me to say, hey, I've, I've seen enough to tell you whether this is right or, or, you know, real or not. But that is not something I myself have seen, you know, and there's so many people who do have issues with their thyroid, whether it's Hashimoto's or Graves. It would make life easier to be able to blame it on the implants, but it's not necessarily always the implant's fault because I do believe myself, and I wouldn't be doing these operations implanting patients if I didn't believe that, that implants are safe for the vast majority of women. But I also believe in bio-individuality and the fact that I do believe that there are that there is a percentage, probably fairly small, that just don't do well with implants. 
you know, and they develop breast implant illness and to take the implants out is going to be their best avenue to the best health. With AT&T in-car Wi-Fi, elevate your adventure by transforming your vehicle into a reliable Wi-Fi hotspot. Connect up to 10 devices up to 50 feet away from your vehicle, making it ideal for camping and road trips. Don't miss out on the fun. Embark on your next adventure today. Visit att.com slash in-car Wi-Fi to check if you're eligible for a free trial. Always pay careful attention to the road and don't drive distracted. Wi-Fi hotspot intended for passenger use only when vehicle is in operation. Compatible device and vehicle required. The following ad is sponsored by Pets Best Insurance Services. Pets come into our lives in many ways. Shelters, breeders, or unexpected encounters. But no matter how you found your pet, they become our perfect match. Unfortunately, finding the right pet insurance plan can be hard. That's where Pets Best comes in. With a little information about you and your pet, Pets Best will recommend a plan that meets your needs and budget. Visit PetsBest.com to learn more today. Your perfect pet deserves the perfect coverage. PetsBest.com. Are you ready to share some joy and celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's has partnered with iHeart for Women Take the Mic, treating you to the most uplifting and empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So grab a handful of that creamy deliciousness. Kick back and spread some positivity into the world. From smashing glass ceilings to breaking records in sports, on stages, and at the box office, women are crushing it in every way imaginable. And with peanut butter M&Ms by your side, relax and keep listening to Women Take the Mic podcasts as you dance your way through inspiring stories, share laughs, and savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&Ms and the unstoppable force of women. Happy International Women's Day. Wow, Chris, that is just a great reminder that we're just beginning to understand BII. And it sounds like there's so much to learn. Explanting is not the only thing we need to think about. I can't even imagine having to make this many decisions about my body with no concrete facts for support. It seems that choosing the right doctor and procedure, both for the explant and the reconstruction, can be critical. I know, right? Well, our next guest educates, supports, and empowers women as they go through the explant process. She is known as the BII Concierge, and she shared the stories of thousands of women who have gone through the explant and recovery process and what she's seen along their journeys. Yeah, and her organization, Tabby, The Truth About Breast Implants, has collected thousands of stories from these women around the world, and she's helped navigate the diagnostic, treatment, and recovery process as an explant liaison. She shares their stories and celebrates their journeys. Yes, and she's based out of Australia, which is a huge reminder that this truly is a global issue. And no matter where you're from, it's all about where you're headed. And we all need help on this journey. It's so important to reach out and ask for help, no matter how hard it can be. Well, Kristen, let's talk to Ricky Jess and learn from a passionate advocate and survivor what to expect when driving down the road to explant. I wanted to just jump right in and start by asking you how you actually started Tabby. And if you don't mind telling us a bit about your journey getting there. 
Yeah, sure. So I explanted four years ago and back then it was way more unknown than it is now. It was like people thought I was the only person this has ever happened to, that I was crazy. Um, so it really just propelled me to like really get the information out there. Um, you know, I had two choices. It was, you know, to get angry or to do something about it. Um, and, you know, when people started thinking I was the only one it had affected, it really made me want to show just how many women were affected by it. Even back then there was still you know, with 30,000 of us, um, and now there's, you know, hundreds of thousands of us in four years, so it's made a massive difference, but, you know, I do it all as a passion project, I do it, you know, alongside a full-time job with two kids, it's really important to me to, like, make my journey worth something more than an uneducated mistake, so that's what's really, you know, driven me for these four years, is to make what I went through worth something. Well, I think that's the amazing, incredible thing about this community. And do you mind sharing with the listeners a bit of the tips you have for someone going into this process to get diagnosed and then ultimately treated? Well, I guess it's hard to be diagnosed because it's not necessarily medically recognized across the board. Um, there are a lot more doctors that I speak to. Every, I speak to every medical professional I come across because you never know who they're going to speak to that has these you know, weird symptoms with no real answers. Um, so it's hard to get a diagnosis. It's unfortunately still self-diagnosed. But it's a process and, I, it, you know, you're going to go through all the emotions under the sun and you need to realise that those emotions are valid, your feelings are valid and you need to feel what you need to feel and work through it. It's not an overnight thing. You need to realise that your beauty is not defined by your breath. You're so much more than two plastic lumps on your chest. That is not who you are. You have so much to offer this world and you can offer it much better if you're healthy. Health has to come before vanity because without health we have nothing. You need to have realistic expectations because all of your health issues may not be caused by the breast implants. Surely they're probably being exacerbated by the breast implants, but women that don't have breast implants have health issues. It doesn't mean that every single health issue that you have is going to disappear when you explant. But I have never met anybody that hasn't had some noticeable change. I think you're really giving yourself and your health the best chance at being as healthy as you possibly can be when your body is not being preoccupied by fighting a toxic foreign object. You know, you might not be perfectly healthy afterwards, but you're giving your body the best chance it has, live to the best it can. Well, on that note, one of the questions I had for you is, do you mind sharing a bit with the listeners about the process of going through an explant and what you should expect during your procedure and recovery? Um, it's different for everybody, but personally, and most people I find have this experience, but there's always an exception to the rule that it's slightly more painful and slightly longer recovery than getting the implants in the first place. So I took two weeks off getting the implants. I took three and a half weeks off having the explant. And the pain associated with it was about the same level up. After any surgery, I like to create a calm healing space. You know, you need to be in an environment where you can heal safely. And sleep equals healing. You know, it's better to have sleep during the day than sit up watching Netflix or movies because you're recovering. Your body heals while you're asleep. You know, just create a beautiful environment for your body to heal and give yourself the time to heal mentally, emotionally, and physically. Well, and you also connect people together to have that support that are going through the process. Do you mind sharing a bit about that? Because I think that's so special. So important to connect women with women that are going through the same journey at the same time. You know, me talking about my experience four years ago is not the same as someone going through it right now. So I think it's so nice. I had like a group of women that I spoke to. One was in London, one was in Costa Rica, two were in Perth, and we just supported each other through the process. And it was so nice to go, oh, you know, I'm feeling this. Is this normal? Are you feeling this? You know, my stitches are pulling. Is that normal? 
you know, just talking to women as they're going through it. Um, and that's why the support groups are so handy. And um, I don't think you can, you can have that experience without being on the support groups. I come across a lot of women that aren't on Facebook, but I sometimes recommend for them to just set up like a, a profile just to be on the support groups because it is invaluable that um, support that you get on there. And if it wasn't for that support group, I probably would not have found out about breast implant illness until much later. The sense of community, finding information, doing your research and sharing your story, it sounds like is the key to beginning that health journey. And that's so real. It's incredible because even though, you know, you said it took you five days from the link to the surgery, it, it was years leading up to that. It was. It was years and years of me being a very, very sick 20-year-old that was previously perfectly healthy. You know, everyone around me is like, there's always something wrong with you. There's, I'm always pretending to be okay. I, I didn't feel normal. I felt so alone for those 10 years, like a prisoner in my own body. You know, the feeling that I have now is like, it's like being reborn. Really, it is. What's the average weight in your area for an explant? It really just depends on the surgeon and how booked out they are. I was lucky I got in on a cancellation, so it's, you know, not normal to go five days afterwards. But sometimes, you know, a surgeon, if you're really sick, I've become friends with a few surgeons in Australia that are being very supportive about breast implant illness. And if a woman's really sick, they'll try and tack them on to the end of a surgery list and get them in as soon as possible. So it can be very fast like it was for me. But there are surgeons that have a decent wait time. It can be a couple of months. In the public system, it's usually only up to about six to eight weeks wait to have it done for free in the public system. The criteria for that is not so much breast implant illness. It's rupture or capsular contracture with associated you know, risks of worrying about the health issues associated with breast implants. It sort of goes hand in hand. But most women have some form of capsular contracture, especially if they've had the implants for a couple of years. So most women fit the criteria. So it, it used to be a year and a half wait, and now it's six in the public system, six weeks. That's in Australia. In America, it's the same. Like some surgeons can fit in quite quickly. Um, there's other surgeons that are quite popular and specialise in explant and they can wait up to a year to be seen. But, you know, those particular surgeons are so amazing at what they do that, you know, you really have to weigh it up. If you manage to get in with a surgeon that is that good at it and does it day in and day out, like I personally would feel like it's worth the wait, but I also haven't had to experience waiting with these things, knowing what they're doing to my body. I would just... I think I would just feel like ripping them out myself if I didn't get them out straight away. So you have to do what's best for you, what's most important for you. And I think there are lots and lots of surgeons out there that are very good at this procedure, but there's a lot of surgeons that aren't. They don't believe in it at all. What would you advise women on how to choose a doctor? Speak to people. There are surgeons that uh, do this a lot. And the only way you're going to find that is speaking to people like myself. There's lots of us or on the support groups. And these surgeons have all been vouched for and used um, by many patients on the group. There are a lot more surgeons out there than are on the list. So you do need to speak to people, but you can write their name in the, in the top search bar of the support group and it'll bring up everything about them. A hundred percent. And I think as a listener, it's really important to research and look at the blogs, look at the testimonials and look at what the research is that's going to start coming out. In this community, one of the biggest issues I've experienced, and I was curious if it's something you've had to face or help people through, but I became very depressed at some moments. And then other moments I had just high levels of anxiety. Is that something that you've seen common in the community? And as a follow-up question, are there things you recommend to women to just navigate through this? 
I don't think you ever you're going to be in your best mental state until they're out. Like I went through a lot physically, but the the hardest thing for me was at the end the mental load. I felt like I was losing my mind. I was a young of two a mum of two young kids, and I was having panic attacks to the point where I couldn't breathe. I was on antidepressants. I was on anti anxiety medication. It was really ramping up towards the end because I had a leakage and I had my body squeezing the implant as hard as it possibly could. So all that stuff was going through my body. The scar capsules in themselves have tiny little blood vessels which act, act as the delivery system through your body. So as much as your body is trying to wall off this foreign object, it's still all connected to tissue that is you and vessels. and It's a, it's a living thing while it's in your body. Um, so that goes through the body. And for me, the mental aspect was the most frightening and the most debilitating of it all. And literally the day I woke up after surgery, it was like that weight, it just, it just left me. And I started weaning off my medication from that day and I've never gone back on it in four years. I haven't needed it. Me on my worst day now is like me on my best day with implants mentally. So a lot of people worry about because they are so depressed and they are so anxious and they attach that to, oh, if I'm not happy with my aesthetic appearance afterwards, that's only going to load on more with my mental health, you can't have that clean slate until they're gone, until that threat of your endocrine system being in overdrive, in flight or flight mode, trying to protect you, it all just winds down. I felt like I, I was having, my endocrine system was going so fast after explant that I felt like I had 10,000 coffees. I was just on all the time, but I didn't have any anxiety attached to it. I was just beaming with life because my body was so used to running at this speed that I didn't have to do it anymore and it took a while for it to wind down then eventually I crashed and then my endocrine system sort of reset back to normal but I hear that a lot of people are just you know beaming with energy afterwards because their body is all of a sudden having to slow down the pace of what it's working at I mean I'm no doctor or I'm not a medical professional but I know what I went through and I know the feeling that I had well and what you just said right there Ricky sums it up is that there was these were banned. The information that was given to us in the pitch was that they were lifetime devices. They were completely safe and it's new technology. I'm sure you've heard it all. But thanks to you and the information you put out, what I love is that, you know, the approach we all have to this is we want to understand. And I think through this podcast, your community that you've built, the work you continue to do every day and the law of attraction around women in general who feel this sense of purpose out of their pain, not only can we educate and empower other women, but I think what we're encouraging, starting from the inside out, is to invest in yourself and to know that health is beauty and that there is no need to sacrifice in order to be beautiful, to be happy, and to be loved and accepted, that we are as we are. And also, we're not alone. And thanks to you, I'm not only not alone, but I'm a smarter patient and hopefully a bit stronger going into this. hundred percent. You've got this. I'm so excited for you to get them out and be able to start healing. And that's the thing, you know, getting them out is the beginning of your healing process, not the end of it. Turning that page is like a new book. You make that what you want. Well, I can't wait. What wise words and such an intrepid supporter. I am so inspired by all of the amazing survivors who go on to be advocates and pay forward what they learn. Truly a testimony to what a life-changing experience this can be and really how a lot of us end up turning our pain into purpose. Shall we talk about what we learned from these incredible experts? I mean, first, I think the road to explant starts with finding a doctor who believes in BII and is supportive and can help diagnose you. 
Someone who is compassionate and helps you understand what you're dealing with. After all, they are your primary navigation and guides on this road. And I learned the road to explant is unique for each of us. And while it can be a long road and can be scary, it's best navigated with someone who has directions given they've been through it before. Finding an advocate that has been through this and available for you is really key to helping you save valuable time, money, and heartache as you find the right resources that you need and significantly improves your odds of success. There are so many different choices that can affect the outcome of this process. There has to be a better way to diagnose BII. We keep hearing that this disease is diagnosed by exclusion. This seems exhaustive to have to exclude every possible illness before settling on, well, maybe it's your implants. Why isn't there more research being done? I know it's so important to find a doctor who actually believes in BII, and it's hard to do that. And you need one with experience, including that this is part of their practice, is a focus, and can come give you some options to help you come up with the treatment plan that you feel works for you. It's also really important to make sure you know what the entire treatment looks like. The explant, the recovery, and if and what reconstruction may be right for you. Again, the main lesson we learn is not to go it alone. Gather a team of doctor, friends, and advocates because together, you are not alone. Absolutely. And know that each journey is unique to you. Do not pressure yourself to heal overnight. <clears throat> the explant is just the beginning of the rest of your life, and you need support for the long haul. And having advocates and survivors around you is how survivors have the best chance of actually thriving. And together, we're not alone. Close to the Chest with Kristen and Christine has been brought to you by B Noble Media Group and iHeartRadio. A very special thanks to our guests, Dr. Tony Yoon and Ricky Jess. You can find Dr. Yoon on Instagram at TonyYoonMD. That's T-O-N-Y-Y-O-U-N-M-D. And tune into his podcast, The Holistic Plastic Surgery Show, wherever you get your podcasts. For more on Ricky Jess, visit TheBIIConcierge.com. That's TheBIIConcierge, C-O-N-C-I-E-R-G-E.com. And for more on Tabby, at TruthAboutBreastImplants.net. That's TruthAboutBreastImplants.net. And follow her on Instagram at Truth underscore about underscore breast underscore implants. Now I'd like to share some gratitude. A very special thanks to iHeartRadio, Joara Parker, and her iHeartRadio marketing team. And a big, big thanks to our executive producer, Ramsey Yant. If you or someone you know would like to know more about breast implant illness, please visit sicktitties.com. That's S-I-C-K-T-I-T-T-I-E-S dot com. Also, please follow us on Instagram at sick.titties and at bnobleart. That's B-N-O-B-L-E-A-R-T. And we would also love to have you join our Facebook page at bnoble on B-I-I. And please remember, you're not alone. Together, we can beat this. The views and opinions expressed are solely those of the podcast author or individuals participating in the podcast and do not represent the opinions of iHeartMedia or its employees. This podcast should not be used as medical advice, mental health advice, mental health counseling or therapy, or as imparting any healthcare recommendations at all. Individuals are advised to seek independent medical counseling advice and or therapy from a competent healthcare professional with respect to any medical condition, mental health issues, health inquiry or matter, 
including matters discussed on this podcast. Close to the Chest with Kristen and Christine is a production of iHeartRadio and produced in our studios located in Atlanta, Georgia. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.